Welcome to the Mom Needs a Moment podcast. We're your hosts, Chrissy and Cindy, co-founders of Her Health Collective. We are two moms obsessed with revolutionizing the way moms take care of themselves. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Girls on the Run is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that's dedicated to creating a world where every girl knows and activates her limitless potential and is free to boldly pursue her dreams. Various networks of local councils offer Girls on the Run programming at schools and community sites across the United States and Canada. The program is run with the use of volunteer coaches who inspire and guide a team through the research-based curriculum. We had the opportunity to sit down with Aisha Edwards, who is the executive director of Girls on the Run of the Triangle in North Carolina, who serves Durham, Wake, Orange, Chatham, and Johnston counties. Aisha brings approximately 15 years of professional experience with over 10 years of nonprofit management experience into her role at Girls on the Run. She has successfully developed and implemented new programs, created sustainable fund development campaigns, and cultivated strategic relationships. But most of all, Aisha has intense personal and professional dedication to serving children and their families. She strives to impact the lives of the communities she serves. In this episode, we talk to Aisha about the Girls on the Run program and how she has seen it affect the communities she serves, as well as how it has affected her own life. We also talk about her passion for inclusive spaces to empower girls of all abilities where healthy living is a norm. Here's our talk with Aisha. Hey, Aisha. It's just to see your face again. We met, as we were telling Chrissy, we met very randomly at another event. We sat next to each other and we introduced ourselves to each other. And I was just really excited to get to know you more. And so here you are on our podcast and I I can't wait to have this conversation with you. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for allowing me to be here and voice my opinion on some things. So I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Yes. Oh, wonderful. So in two minutes, we would love for you to share, who are you? Give us, this is, I love this question because it's like summarize your whole being in two minutes. (laughs) Alrighty, so I am what my shirt says. This is my favorite shirt. I am a mother, a daughter, a leader. I am a queen and I am a woman. Woohoo! Yes, you are. <laughs> that is me and one shirt advertisement. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, okay. you have to tell us where you got that shirt. I really like it. <laughs> that sounds good. So can you tell us a little bit more in your two minutes? elaborate just a little bit on what you do. If you're, you're a mom, I know you're a mom. So any different struggles you might have? Yes. So I am a mother of two wonderful, I call them my little peeps, my little broke best friends. And, um, I have an 18 year old, so I'm going through the senior moment this year. (gasps) And then I have a nine year old, my 18 year old's a, a boy. And then I have a nine year old that is a girl that thinks she's 18. So mm-hmm. I'm going through that. Um, I am a nonprofit advocate. I love working in nonprofit. I'm I'm solely there in nonprofit just because it gives me a way to spread awareness to people that don't want to listen and to people that do want to listen. So I kind of nice. get both sides of the story. I take care of my mother. She lives in, she's back in Tennessee. 
So um, a little flip side of that, everybody always tells you, you know, your, your parents are the one take care of you, but when you get older, you take care of them. So yeah, that's me. That's why I love this shirt. It, it just says the whole, it's, it's, this is Aisha. <laughs> <laughs> you are in it. Yes. In every single realm you're in it, you've got, you're taking care of the adult mom. You've got the 18 year old kid. You've got the preteen. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. And then also they're missing the piece. I am a wife too. So we don't forget about the husband. You got to take care of the husband too. <laughs> and then Which is a whole, a whole own big task. Yes, <laughs> it is. Absolutely. So. And then I'm sure your nine-year-old like mine has the head sway where she's like, I am awesome. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to tell you one thing about it is, yes, she does have that mind thing, but it, I mean, it, especially with technology, I always have to go to her and I'm like, I have to go to her name is justice. And I'm like, justice help mom with this. And she's like, certainly (laughs) the eye roll and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, just give me my phone. Like I've already, but yeah, that gets it. That makes her confidence just a little bit higher, but you have to remember, we probably was like that, but the only thing is different is we didn't have phones. I had a little clear phone that had a long extension cord that if you wanted privacy, you had to wrap it around like towards yes. the bathroom, sit on the floor and kind of hover over and talk about nothing. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, we had landlines. Oh my gosh, what are those? Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't have streaming TV. We had to sit down in front of the TV whenever the show was on. Yes. <laughs> then there came recorders. Yes. Uh, my, you know, I remember Saturday morning cartoons are, you know, as you got older, it's TGI Friday. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So. Um, Cindy, as you were giving your example there, I, I feel like the next time we're together, we're going to work on your head roll a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just ask your daughter, ask your daughter. You got it. Yes. You, you, you get, you get some lessons from the girl. I know I should. <laughs> Cause she even gets the finger in there too. And she's yes. like, uh-uh. Yeah. My, my biggest saying to my daughter, when she starts doing that, I'll go, listen, we are not friends. We are um, mommy mm-hmm. and your daughter. <laughs> She's like, wait, you're not my friend. I'm like, well, technically I am, but I'm not, but I don't need the head roll, ma'am. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to dive into just a random question. It's going to be pulled randomly from this book. So just holler out a number, any, any number we'll say one to 10. Three. Three. What is your favorite dessert? Oh my goodness. So I'm gonna be honest. I don't even know what it's called, but my grandmother used to make, we can make a, my grandma called it a snowball cake. But then when I try to find it in the store, it's not a snowball cake. It's something else. But anyway, my favorite dessert is when I used to go visit my grandmother, she would take, and I used to watch her because I would lick the bowl after she finished. Oh, that's the best part. Of course. (laughs) Yes. Angel um, pound cake. She would just rip it in half put it in a big pan and then she would put strawberry that strawberry it's like red syrupy stuff over it uh-huh. and then she would cut fresh strawberries the day before soak them in honey and sugar Ooh. put it on top with whipped cream and oh my goodness it was the best I'm not a big dessert person but yes it would well, that would that would sell out and be gone in an hour. <laughs> I I am a big dessert person and yes. sign me up. Let let's have a, a snowball cake yes. date and, <laughs> and make this since happen. She's passed away, I've tried to make that. It ain't. Oh no! no. The rest of I don't know with what, your grandmother. 
I don't know why I was licking the bow. Maybe she threw something extra in there and I didn't pay attention, but it, it just doesn't taste the same. I don't oh, know. It doesn't hit it's the, same. the grandmother's love I that guess. sprinkles in there, of yes. course. Yeah, well, we we made it a family name. We call it a snowball cake, but we don't know what it's called, really. Oh, <laughs> grandma's yeah. lump of love. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. It would be like she would make about three of the three pans one for you know the the dessert and then one for everybody in the family to take some home so oh she's extra thoughtful yes yeah <laughs> i love it all right i want to ask you a little bit about what you're doing for your work right now outside mm -hmm. of the home because we all know that parenting is work yes. even though we love them immensely yes. You are currently the executive director of Girls on the Run of the Triangle in North Carolina, where you bring approximately 15 years of professional experience. You began your career as a teacher in Tennessee, mm -hmm. Kingsport, right? Is mm -hmm. that where you, Kingsport? And yes. you were a teacher in the Kingsport, Tennessee City School District. Yes. But even before receiving your degree, you were active in the Boys and Girls Club mm -hmm. of Greater King Kingsport. Mm -hmm. You even worked at both places simultaneously. Couldn't you were what? Couldn't let it 18? go. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Couldn't let it go. I mean, I gave my two weeks notice multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> so while it's common to see an individual's background experience bounce around a bit, because I mean, we're trying on different hats. We're trying out different things as we grow to find out what we like. Your background has remained fairly consistent. You went from teaching and then you shifted to work in the nonprofit sector, mm -hmm. helping families. And that's where you've stayed is in nonprofit. Will you talk to us a bit about your time teaching mm -hmm. and what drove your decision to get out of teaching and then into the nonprofit sector? So we're going to start from the very, very beginning when I was 18 years old. Perfect. So when I was 18 years old, I walked into a preschool and I always knew when I was little that I wanted to be a teacher. I was one of those girls that I would take a marker and I'm sorry to say this, but I would take a marker from the teacher's desk, the expo marker, bring it home. And my whiteboard was the mirror in the bathroom because they erased nice. Yes. Yes. So I would teach all day to, I don't know, the toilet, the bath, whoever would listen. Sometimes I would make the dog sit there. So I walked into his preschool and I said, hey, I would like to be a teacher. And they were like, well, do you have any credentials? And I'm like, no, but I'm a fast learner. So when I walked into that preschool, they hired me as assistant. So as I got into that preschool, they started training me, hey, you have to have this credential, you have to have that credential. So I started going back to school. In the midst of all of this, I knew, I stayed at that place for about four years and got on at Kingsport City Schools. Mm -hmm. So remember in four years, you know, kids are at day, daycare six weeks to four, to four years old. Eventually I became the head teacher at the preschool, took turn to my notice, uh, went to Kingsport City School. In the meantime, we all know teachers do not make a lot of money. So I started working at the Boys and Girls Club over the summer. So they, they, I got hired on as the unit director. The unit director were in the housing complex in our area. So I was over all three units, which were in the housing complex in that area. And basically my job was to recruit and make sure that the kids would stay off the street and come into somewhere that is a safe place. Now, mind you, the reason why I keep referring back to preschool is, remember those kids grew up, 
they're in kindergarten now. So they're coming to my boys and girls club. <laughs> oh, wow. So after that, I got a job at teaching. I taught at, that was been at a uh, high school in Kingsport, Tennessee with the first pilot program called a uh, non-traditional school. That school was housed in a little room, kind of, I don't know if it was the janitor's closet or whatever, but we converted it into a classroom and it was a classroom for kids that could not be at school in a traditional way. So either it might have been drug related or it might have been they, they are taking care of an elderly parent at home or, um, you know, we had pregnancy parents, mom and dad that was in the same classroom because the baby was going to be due soon. So maybe they came to class a and B period and work went home to work or went to work C and D period. But my job was ultimately to make sure that they was not the statistic that society says they would be and actually walk across the stage to further the career. Wow. So remember preschool. Yeah. Then we're in high school. So I had several students that were like, at the time, my last name was Banks. They were like, Miss Banks, are you following us? Because now they're in high school. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Are you ready for nap time? Because I remember you was in nap time around this time. So it was <laughs> like a whole big joke. So after teaching and after getting a sense of, oh man, you know, I was in high school, but I never was around like the, the non-traditional kids. I didn't know. I thought everybody, you know, my, I was raised by a single parent, but I just thought, you know, everybody has the same, you know, we go to school 730 to 330. I cheerlead, I ran track. Somebody, you know, or you went to work. So it really opened my eyes on doing bigger and better things. Well, as a teacher, you do not work during the summer. So I got finally quit Boys and Girls Club, handed it over to the assistant that I had at that time. And so I got into an organization called Eastern Eight Community Development Corporation, started for the summer, started around that May. And it really opened my eyes on, wow, anybody could be a homeowner. So my job was program manager, director over anything that was educational for the parent, any type of barriers that is going to hinder them from buying an affordable house. Instead of paying rent, they can take that rent and pay towards house. Remember, I worked in preschool. Kids are now graduating. So now I have some of those kids that are going through the home buyer education program, plus some of their families. So once again, I get the, I get the question, Miss Banks, are you really trying to follow us through our whole career? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> now you have somewhere to sleep. We always refer to nap time. <laughs> During my stand at Eastern 8, I got to travel, travel a lot, not only in East Tennessee, I call it East Tennessee bubble. But I traveled through all 50 states, except for three, teaching and learning about affordable housing to low-income families. So it really opened my eyes that there are better ways and greater ways to push the mission. This episode is sponsored by Her Circle, the supportive and welcoming community for moms created by Her Health Collective. Her Circle is a welcoming and supportive community for moms who are passionate about making change for themselves, their families, the community, and the world. Together, this village of women are revolutionizing the way moms take care of themselves. 
from an active private online community and the incredible daily chats hosted there to our many virtual gatherings, including support groups, mom's night out, volunteer opportunities, book club, family adventures, coffee chats, and so much more. We love providing moms the chance to connect and create authentic relationships with one another. The network of experts in her circle are a phenomenal resource and provide great learning experiences for moms on topics ranging from women's health to parenting. We cover the issues that matter to moms the most, from virtual expert Q&As to one-on-one -on -one Wellness Minute consultations and support groups. We are committed to getting moms in front of the information, experts, and support they need most. To learn more about Her Circle, head to www.herhealthcollective.com slash her-circle. We have a limited number of spaces and the doors only open a few times a year. So be sure to add your name to the no obligation waitlist so you are the first to know when the doors officially reopen. Now, I know a lot of people are like, man, how did you jump from teaching to affordable housing? To me, in my eyes, it was all the same. I was still teaching home buyer education. I was still teaching these adults how to write resumes. I was still teaching financial management. I just kind of shifted from being preschool, elementary, middle, and high school to adults that is going to be productive. So after I did that stint at affordable housing, I got on a health kick. <laughs> so once I got on a health kick, after I had justice, this is around when I, after I had justice, I got on a health kick. I looked at my mom, how I was taking her to the doctors, and nothing was never changing and they always prescribed her medicine or they always prescribed her something that was what's well, not, you know, you've got to eat healthy. You got, and I just knew she always talked about, she hurt all the time. And I do not want to be like that at this point blank period. I don't want to be like that. So I looked into an organization. Actually, this organization came to the school system and did a walkathon with us. So one day I looked into this organization and they were hiring. I've never been an executive director before, before this time. I've always been a, a, a director of an organization, but I've never been an executive director. That was a powerful word to me. My mentor, Retha, pushed and said, Aisha, you really need to do this. Just think of it as one and the same. So that's how I came on with Healthy King Sport. I'm still teaching. I'm still pushing the mission and I'm still looking at we need to make sure that our society's behavior changes where healthy living is the norm. I tell people that all the time. We yes. need to make sure that healthy living is the norm. When I was younger, it was always like, eat your pinto beans with grease coming at the top. Delicious. Eat your greens with <laughs> grease coming at the top. Delicious. But we were never really taught how to properly eat where it's healthy instead of, we was taught how what things taste good instead of what was healthy. Even healthy food tastes good once you learn and master it. So how did I get to Girls on the Run? Working in Healthy King Sport, basically what I did is instead of working with the children and the families, I worked with the community as a whole. I was over a county, the city of Kingsport and Sullivan County. And my job was to make sure that all three aspects knew where healthy living was the norm. We had three aspects, which was physical activity, which was the walker tracker where we collectively walked over 4 million miles collectively as a city. And then uh, nutrition is where we help 
take sugary beverages out of the schools, which is pre-K through 12, and replace refilling stations, which is the water bottles, and supply all the students with water bottles. And a third was Tobacco Sensation, where they help businesses write up legislation where they can help their employees stop tobacco smoking or vaping. So most of the campuses in Kingsport was due to Healthy Kingsport by implementing plans in place where we can help the staff stop smoking. And if they did still smoke, kind of make barriers where if they had a 15 minute smoke break, it took them 15 minutes to drive off campus to smoke instead of 15 minutes learning how to not smoke. My husband's originally from Durham. He, he was like, hey, my business can really take off if we move to Durham. So, you know, as you're going through the job search, uh, it, the first thing that popped up was Girls on the Run. I remember Girls on the Run because when I worked at Boys and Girls Club, we had a group of girls that, and I'm not going to really say they, they weren't bad. They were just teenage girls that, you know, they knew the streets. They did, That's the honest truth. They knew the streets. And so when I brought the program in, they were like, Miss Banks, ain't nobody running. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not about running. At the time, I didn't know what it was. I'm just trying to convince them. So the lady, the program manager came in and she said, hey, can we start a program at your uh, unit? And I'm like, sure. Yeah, we want an income program that come in here. So to convince the girls, I told them, I said, hey, if y'all would do this program, you know, it's supposed to boost your confidence. It's supposed to help you be joyful. And I'm tired of y'all's attitude coming in here and everybody wants to fight everybody, you know. <laughs> yes. I was, they were like, Miss Banks, we're not running. And I was, listen, if y'all do this, I know you have a 5K. That's the only thing they thought about is the 5K. I know you have a 5K. I was like, if y'all do this, Miss Banks will run the 5K. Now, at this time, I'm still on my health kick, okay? And I ain't ran a lick besides what I did in high school and middle school. And I'm a sprinter, okay? Third week went around and, the, and I brought all kinds of programs to the Boys and Girls Club and you got some that show up and you got some that did. But this particular program, all 15 girls would come on Tuesdays and Thursdays and were like, where is Miss Abby? Where's Miss Abby? And I'm like, go sit in on this program because Miss Abby giving y'all something that we can't give y'all. And I need to know it was the curriculum. They were learning how to utilize their skills that they've learned from the streets in a positive and productive way. So, of course, they did the program. Of course, I had to run the 5K. And, of course, I know I died four times during the 5K, <laughs> but I was fine. <laughs> um, uh. When I saw that Girls on the Run was hiring, you know, I put my name in the hat. I looked, And the thing is, I looked at what their mission was, and it was still the things that I love to do. I love to be in the community. I'm not only helping girls. I know it's girls on the run, and I always tell them they need to change it to family on the run, but it's helping the whole family dynamic. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be. It could be a mom, dad, kids. It can be mom, mom, and kids. It can be dad, dad, and kids. It can just be mom and kids. It, can, it helps the whole family's dynamic to produce productive citizens. And when I say that, not only working with the girls, but it helps the girls push the families and the fa and the families push the girls to make a whole unit family dynamic. Absolutely. So, yeah. To answer your question, then that's my whole life. That that's really my whole life, my whole resume. And the main thing that I look back at it is I'm always working with families. I love it. I would love to dive more into girls on the run because 
It's such an incredible program. I actually had the pleasure of coaching for a few seasons mm -hmm. and saw firsthand the positive impact it had, not only on its participants and its family, the family members of participants, but also on the coaches yes. and the community that comes out and participates in the 5k. There's, there's whole lots of layers of positivity there. Yes. For those that don't know, Girls on the Run is an evidence-based program that is designed to inspire girl empowerment mm -hmm. by building confidence, kindness, and decision-making skills. Mm -hmm. I would love to know if you have, I'm sure you've got a million, but if you have one that stands out to you as a great success story you could share about Girls on the Run and how it positively impacted one of its participants. This year was my first year actually coaching. And I'm going, I am, I'm always referring back to my Boys and Girls Club days. So now since last year is my first year coaching, I've seen it firsthand from turning a group of girls that could have been, why in, in society's eyes, a lost cause to now wanting to come to the program. That is such a big, 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 big issue, especially working with underprivileged children. And that, that is just a big issue of them holding accountable and coming to the program. That's probably one that stuck out most to me because it even had me going in there like, wait, what is she teaching y'all for y'all to keep coming back? Wow. The second thing as a parent standpoint is when I, that stood out to me is my first 5k over the program here at Girls on the Run the race ended, and, and I don't know if you've ever did a 5K or a big event, but you're like, woo, home stretch, nothing happened, woo-hoo. Well, here comes this parent, boo-hoo and crying. And when I say, I, I call it the huffies, that's what we call it in our house when you're, you know, <laughs> you <had> the huffies. <laughs> so I know I, it well. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pulling her aside, and I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, what is wrong? Well, she she finally calmed down, and she said, I want to just thank whoever's over the program. And it happened to be me and another young lady, our office coordinator with me. She was like, whoever is over this program, this has really brought just my daughter and myself closer together. She said, I see a lot of parents that once their kid hits a certain age, it's like they're closed their door, they're in their room. And I saw my daughter leading to that. And she said, I don't know what's in that curriculum, but she comes home every day talking about just everyday life. And, and she was one of those parents. When, you, when they get off the bus or you pick them up, how was your day? You know, did you have a good day today? Did you eat anything? You know, I'm hungry, even though they just ate. She said she would be like, nah, I don't care. Mm -hmm, yeah. She was like, but it's just, it's a total turnaround. And so I looked at her and that brought tears to my eyes. And I'm like, I, I had some tear prickles yeah. in my eyes as you were and sharing like, that. <laughs> you know, in my eyes, I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? So do I need to call the right. EMT? What's going on? But this woman was so joyful that her emotion just came out in that type of way of how the program really not only impacted her daughter, but impacted their relationship, which impacted their family dynamics as a whole. And that's when we say that this is an evidence-based program that is not only for the girl, the girl is just the seed. She takes that to the sunshine and it just grows mm -hmm. tremendously from family to being in society, to just being a productive citizen. And we all know that's what this world needs. That is probably the two things that stuck out towards me. 
Oh, I love it. I personally also saw the ripple among the girls themselves when okay. they're at practice, the, the kindness and compassion and empathy that they show towards each other. And you yes. know that they're bringing that into the classroom and in all of their other interactions on the playground. And, and it does, it has huge ripple effects. Absolutely love that. Yeah. I would love to know if Girls on the Run has changed how you approach parenting your own children or perhaps how you approach challenges in your own life. When I first got the job, my duties as myself, it says, am I going to push this girls on the run? I need to know what they're teaching. Of course, the curriculum changes. So I read the curriculum at that time. And I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty good. Well, when I coached, the curriculum had already changed. So I was teaching myself before I started coaching. And honestly, and my daughters went through the program. And honestly, it has helped me look at a different aspect because sometimes as parents, I don't know, we're just programmed to, okay, I've been there, done that. And I said that many times to my daughter. She does something, listen, ma'am, I've been there, done that. Don't play with me. That used to be our, our thing. But now it's like, it's so funny. It's cause we, when we get into, I call them the little tiffs. It's like she does her girls on the run breathing. I do my girls on the run breathing. And then we come back as a unit. It's not only helped me with parenting skills. It also has helped, helped me with my career skills when we have a dilemma in the office. It's helped me with me being sociable with my friends outside of work. It's also helped me with socialization with colleagues, board. It's helped me just be an all-around person that I thought the skills that I have. So when I'm recruiting coaches, I'm really recruiting like, listen, this program is not going to only help the girl and her family. It's going to help you all one and the same. You know, every week you read through the lesson. But when I get there and the girls bring their perspective, I'm like, wow. And I have even caught myself in the middle of coaching and be like, well, I had something planned for y'all, but this is what we're about to do. We're going to change this all up because it just brings everybody's perspective in a different light. That's why I love us as human beings. We are all different, but unique in one way. Yeah. And getting those kids' perspectives, oh, it can be so magical sometimes. Oh my the goodness. things they say and it's yes, amazing. And you know what? It really brings, I call it mini reunions in my head. It really brings back like, God, how do I forget about that? I would remember that when I was younger, you know? I remember thinking like that when I was younger. Aisha's passion for teaching and impacting lives in the community she serves is so clear. She certainly has a gift. From our conversation, we left with these three takeaways. Number one, after hearing Aisha's story of her deeply rooted interest in teaching since she was a young girl, and then listening to how she found her way to Girls on the Run, her path seems so clear. But that's coming from someone on the outside looking in and looking at it in retrospect. It's often more difficult when we are actually the one doing the living and not the observing. What's the saying? Hindsight is 2020, right? Aisha began working with children, which progressed to working with families, which then led to working with entire communities. Throughout the progression to her current role at Girls on the Run, she mentioned that her eyes were opened to the fact that there are so many ways to push a mission that you believe in. In Aisha's case, it's teaching, and in her words, spreading awareness to people that don't want to listen, and also to people that do want to listen. Number two, the Girls on the Run programs focus on using research-based programs to teach critical life skills, 
Participants are on small teams and are coached by trained volunteers who use the curriculum to inspire girls of all abilities. Girls strengthen their confidence and learn important life skills through dynamic, interactive lessons and physical activity. Aisha shared two instances where she witnessed the benefits of the program firsthand. One was her time at the Boys and Girls Club, where the children made an effort to participate in the program and an effort to stay accountable. This was different from other programs that were brought into the organization. The second example was the mom who approached Aisha at the end of the 5K, who is also very emotional and shared how the program not only impacted her daughter, but impacted their relationship and therefore impacted their family dynamics as a whole. Number three, when we asked Aisha whether Girls on the Run changed how she approaches parenting her own children or perhaps how she approaches challenges in her own life, she said, absolutely. She mentioned how easy it is for parents to slip into a been there, done that mentality with their children, meaning that we may unknowingly minimize our children's experiences because we have been desensitized after already experiencing it ourselves, or perhaps as adults, we forget what it was like to go through a challenge. Aisha referred to this as having quote unquote, mini reunions with ourselves. It's a situation that triggers us to remember something from our youth and provides us with the ability to have more empathy towards our children. High five, friend. We've enjoyed hanging out with you. Follow us to be the first to know when we drop a new episode. If you've enjoyed your time with us, let us know by leaving a review. We always love hearing from you. Until next time, stay true to you.